You're listening to World of WWE, a WWE podcast. Hey guys, it's Ian. What's up guys, it's Dan. And you are listening to World of WWE, a WWE podcast. And today we are covering Monday Night Raw from March 8th, 2021. There was huge fallout and there was a lot going on since last time we talked with you. We saw Elimination Chamber. We found out two matches set for WrestleMania 37. And we are also on the road to Fastlane. A lot's going on. So let's dive into that. First, let's go back to Royal Rumble. We saw Bianca Belair win the Women's Royal Rumble match. And we now know that at WrestleMania, Bianca Belair will be challenging for the WWE SmackDown Women's Champion against the champion, the boss, Sasha Banks. These two are pretty similar. And they're both powerhouses. Um, Dan, were you assuming this match was going to take place, or were you surprised? And what are your thoughts? Surprised? I mean, we all kind of think it's going to happen. I mean, I kind of wish you went differently, but, I mean, it has potential. So, sorry. Yeah, I, I'm pretty excited because I'm a big Bianca fan, and... I don't know. I feel like I hear what you're saying. Like it would be interesting to see them go different, but I do feel like if they didn't do it, I think it would be a missed opportunity just because they're both so similar. That'd be like, why not? Uh, We also found out that edge, the 2021 men's Royal rumble winner will be challenging the universal champion Roman reigns at WrestleMania. Yeah, I was very shocked by that, right? Yeah, I think it um I think it's so weird because I th- I don't know what to think. I think they'll put on a good match, but I'm not looking like excited for it. You know what I'm saying? I'm excited to see Edge, but who knows? Though? They could have a really good match. I think this is actually like the first time that a Royal Rumble winner has actually picked to go for the Universal Championship, if I'm correct. I think you're right because... because or was it, yeah, WWE title? Every time it's always been the WWE Championship, so in a way, if you think about it, it's kind of good because then it actually gives attention to the Universal title like they want to. I wish that they would just get rid of the Universal Championship and give them the old belts. Like, if Edge wins, let him hold the World Championship oh, like the belt. World Heavyweight Championship? Yeah. And, if, um, and even bring back the old WWE title, whether it be um, whichever one, I wouldn't mind. I just, I, I want something new, something fresh. But those... Well, I mean, like, the thing is, they use that title design for everything. Like, yes. They use it for women's titles, they the from the world heavyweight title. Mm-hmm. The look has gone more. Like in twenty fourteen, it worked. It worked perfectly for the for the uh, company logo. It, it just worked. Now it's just getting tiresome. Yeah, and logo for everything. The only titles that I like, and I'm talking about through NXT and WWE, I really like the cruiserweight championship. I like. 
the championship was a great design. It was not, not the older one, like the newer one. Yes, that one's cool. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, the older Cruiserweight championship was also good looking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, both way it worked. I miss the titles, but yeah. So WrestleMania is coming up. We also before WrestleMania we have a speed bump fast lane is coming up. We know a couple of matches. We know Daniel Bryan will be challenging Roman Reigns for the WWE Universal Championship. Huge implications here because if Daniel Bryan does win and become Universal Champion, we could see Edge taking on Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. We'll talk more about that at, on our SmackDown recap. We also have the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships on the line again. Uh, the champions Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler with... Nia's new main squeeze, Reginald, challenging the SmackDown Women's Champion, the boss, Sasha Banks, and Bianca Belair. What are your thoughts on Fastlane so far? I mean, the women's tag title match doesn't seem very exciting, but... Yeah. I don't see why they keep having two people who don't get along tag with each other. I don't see the point of it. I also don't understand where Carmella fits in the mix here because Reginald was her sommelier, and now he's with Sasha Banks. He really likes her, but then Sasha dumps him, so now he really likes Nia. I get they're building Reginald, but what about Carmella? Not saying that, that she's you know great or deserves it, but you did have her in a storyline, kind of like Lacey Evans. You have her in a storyline, she gets pregnant, and then she just gets forgotten about. Murphy and Aaliyah, they're together, and then all of a sudden, that's dropped. They keep just dropping certain things, and I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, it's WWE. They have to go with what works, and some of it, a lot of this stuff isn't working. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sad because... I used to get so excited when WrestleMania season was coming around because I knew the storylines were going to be cool. I knew Monday Night Raw and SmackDown were going to be must-see because things were going to hit the fan, but it's just like blunder after blunder after disappointment. And I get there's Fastlane, but then get rid of it because you don't have enough good storylines going into WrestleMania. You know, it, it just... I feel like with the pay-per-views, there's not enough time to fit in everything like they don't have enough time to fit in all the feuds to try and make Wrestlemania better I just like, if you have pay-per-view after pay-per-view like all you're doing is just trying to get matches for it which isn't setting anything up for me yes. like it's not doing anything good and it also takes away from the long-term storylines that I know we all love because the only storyline that I feel like is going to play our Wrestlemania that's been going on for a while is Rainy Orton and The Fiend you know, yeah. that's been going on since, like, last summer. So, yeah. I don't understand... Well, last fall, actually. I don't understand, though... We, well, no, technically, if you think about it, the feud has been going on since, like, 2017. Because yeah. That's the whole, you know, it's long-term booking. They're yep. focused on that as they used to, which kind of sucks. Yeah, and we'll talk more here, but one example that and we'll talk about this as we get to Raw, is Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon. Why doesn't Shane like Braun? We'll get to that. But, like, these are just random storylines that I just feel like they don't make sense. But something that happened backstage on Raw, and this is a spoiler alert, and it's also a rumor, so whatever you want to believe. If you don't want to listen, pause and fast forward a little bit. 
but there is speculation that tonight on Raw, Andrade requested his release from WWE. He was backstage and didn't and he didn't seem to be too happy in the best mood. And rumor has it that he requested his release. What are your thoughts? Um, I honestly, I think he, I think they should grant it because he ha- they haven't shown the potential that he has. Yeah, they don't show it off as, as they as they should. I mean, he's a great competitor. I mean, sure, I'm not the biggest fan of him, but I'm not gonna sit here and say he's trash in the ring. He's a great wrestler. Mm-hmm. He deserves better than what WWE's been treating him with. I agree with you a thousand percent. I mean, if you go back to NXT, the first NXT TakeOver match to receive a five-star rating was Johnny Gargano against Andrade at NXT TakeOver Philadelphia. And I remember watching that match and being really into it. They let go of Zelina Vega. They're getting, you know, Andrade's had enough. The problem is with that, though, is they they can't really, they might not grant it because, I mean, he is technically... A relationship with Charlotte Flair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe like Charlotte will have some extra pull. We don't know exactly. True, but also you got to think about though. Charlotte probably is on his side because I mean Charlotte's been doing it for a while now, and Andrade hasn't been on Raw for how long now? It's been months, right? Yeah, about that. I don't even remember the last time I saw him. That's how long it's been. So. I think- the last match I remember seeing him was with him and uh, Humberto Carrillo versus the Street Profits when they were Raw Tag Champs, I think. And that was like early 2020. You mean Angel Garza? Angel Garza, I'm sorry. No, you're good. I was trying to... Yeah. I, I, And, you know, I genuinely thought he was injured. I thought that's why he wasn't being used. But he's backstage in that locker room seeing people... But storylines are corny, and, and I understand him wanting to leave. Um, it's just an, a, another loss to WWE's talent roster. Well, I mean, to be fair, with whoever comes up from NXT, they just don't use them correctly. Like, they mm-hmm. don't know, like, the writing team doesn't know how to use them correctly like NXT does. Like, they don't take any inspiration from yeah. them. They just go with, oh, okay, we're going to put them in this, and then that's just it. That's exactly. It's almost like. Their characters didn't exist before WWE TV. Like there used to be a saying, and WWE said that if it didn't happen on WWE television, it never happened. And I think that's sort of like their theory again, where like it doesn't matter what they did in NXT because in their eyes, and this is the main show, and this is their storylines are going to be better. I mean, they at one point wanted the revival to wear clocks around their necks and like dress like Super Mario Brothers. Like, I, I, I this is their idea of good, of a good product. So, I agree with you. It's. I think the big problem with it though is everything has to be family friendly, and sometimes characters may have been a bit edgier, maybe on NXT or something, mm-hmm. and they can't exactly have that because of advertising. Yes, and also... Oh, yeah, of course, like, because it's a publicly traded company, but the thing, though, Dan, is that it was traded back in, like, 2002, and even then... And even then, it was more, like, risque, and USA Network has told WWE that they wanted them to sort of get become more edgier and more raw, you know, no pun intended, but... They really, it's just been stale still, and I don't know what's going to save it. I really, I don't know. It 
it's something he's happy. It kind of feels like the way that, uh, like, the 2K games have been going. Like, uh, like 2K19 was great, like, years prior. Now, in 2K, like, after the whole pandemic and everything, even years prior to that, it's just been getting boring. It's yeah. been failing. Yeah. And something else, too, that I just thought about is this whole idea that WWE is not professional wrestling. It's sports entertainment. And that's when things... Entertainment, I mean, really? And that's when things get... Yeah, and that's the thing. Vince McMahon is very, 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 you know, very calculating in the sense of he wants everybody to call WWE sports entertainment. They're not a professional wrestling company. Whereas Impact Wrestling and AEW, they will promote and say, if you're a fan of wrestling, professional wrestling, WWE never says wrestling, if you notice that. They say sports entertainment. They say superstars. They don't say wrestlers. You know what I'm saying? They don't, you know, they, they, there's certain words and phrases that they don't say. And, and it just sort of shows you that this is more of a circus than anything else. Yeah, you're right. But let's get into and Raw. That makes me sad because, I mean, like, when I grew up or stuff, like, in 2011, shit like that, that stuff was at least okay. Like, that was pretty okay, good stuff. Now it's just... I don't know. They don't got anything on their hands anymore. Dude, I totally feel you. And imagine how I feel. You're talking about 2011. I'm thinking, like, I was 10 in 2002. So, like, I totally get you. Like, I, it, it makes me sad because I remember what it was. And there was no competition either. You know, you would think with competition, they would want to engage more, want to put on better matches, and want to... Nope. They're sort of feeling like this is who we are. We're never going to go out of business. We are, when people think of wrestling, they think of us. This is it. And that's sort of, they're just staying at the top because they can. Well, another thing that makes me sad is that, like, the generation after this, is they're not going to know how good wrestling used to be because mm -hmm. this is what their mind is fed. That, oh, this is good wrestling, this is what it, it's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not like, for it sure. It really makes me sad inside. Like, it's like, you're trying to feed us something good, but you're not feeding us anything good. You're not giving us what we want. Yeah. You're just giving us what you think we want, which we don't. I think it's like all just for Vince McMahon's entertainment. Yeah, that's really what it is. I mean, think Vince writes the story. That's what he does. He is in charge. Whatever, whatever happens is really on him because he has the say in it. He has the last say. Yeah. I mean, if you look at what John Monty said on Chris Jericho's podcast, he said everything is what Vince wants. He has the last say. I mean, mm -hmm. he was going to have him say a line about a fucking pooper scooper. Mm -hmm. I, that's not good quality TV. It really isn't. But anyways, we should probably get to Raw. Yeah, let's, let's jump right in. After all of that, it's okay. There's a lot going on. So, Bobby Lashley is backstage. And he is our new WWE champion. He defeated The Miz at Fast... At, I'm sorry, Elimination Chamber. The Miz cashed in his money in the bank. And, and then two weeks after Bobby Lashley beat him, which... I don't think it was the right call, and I can explain why, but we'll get into that a little bit. Yeah, we'll get, yeah, so 
He talks about how he's going to walk into WrestleMania as champion. The Miz comes down to the ring with John Morrison, and the Miz brags about never getting injured. And the night that he was wrestling Lashley, he had stomach cramps. The Miz says he never had to defend his title twice, um, and he first got counted out, which isn't fair because he already lost. He talks about being brutalized by Bobby Lashley, but he is happy he gets a rematch tonight. He he tells everyone to stay close to their devices because a new hashtag will be created. New WWE Champion, The Miz. And then the match starts, and Bobby Lashley gets the win after Miz tapped out to the Hurt Lock. So go ahead, Dan. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are that well, before the match even happened, I think they made the wrong call with Bobby being champion. Now, here's why. Miz was the Money in the Bank contract holder. I mean, with that whole fiasco with TLC, with him cashing in, and then he gets it back because he didn't technically cash in, that was a bad idea. I was hoping, mm-hmm. okay, maybe they'll do something better when he actually does cash in, which seemed right when they had Bobby Lashley kind of helping him. It seemed right at the time. But then, when you have someone who's carrying something that you're trying to portray as big, as in, like, Okay, this is something that you have to watch out for because you can do it at any time. It's supposed to be a big thing. But when you have someone lose their title that they want, losing that thing that's supposed to be making them big in the first place, losing it in two weeks, mm-hmm. that's just ruining the idea because then it makes the superstar that held it look weak, and then it makes the contract or the, you know, the thing that's supposed to make them look good makes that look bad. Yeah. So you ruined the whole idea of the money in the bank to begin with. With just two weeks, you ruined it. Yeah. And and then with the fact that, in my opinion, this is just my personal opinion, I don't care what anybody else says, I think in the last years they've been using him, even in this first run, that they've been using him as a mid-carter. And that's all I'll ever see out of him now, is just a mid-carter. He, he doesn't look like somebody that would be in the world title picture for me. Like, someone like Braun Strowman, he did until they ruined him and made him look like a mid-carter again. That's what they made him look like, and that's what they're doing with Lashley. But now they're suddenly trying to push him? That doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. But, I mean, the match, it was okay, but like I said, with the way they had it built and everything, it didn't make sense to me. It just didn't. Yeah, let me touch upon some of the things you said. I agree with the whole Money in the Bank thing. I think I've said this before. They shouldn't do a pay-per-view for Money in the Bank. They should just do it at WrestleMania. I feel like it's just used as a way to have another pay-per-view. Otis won it, lost it to The Miz. The Miz loses it. It was just a game of hot potato just to kind of carry on the storylines. Um, as far as The Miz and Bobby Lashley... I do think The Miz deserved a lot better than this. I think that if you are going to make him champion, make him champion longer. I could totally see The Miz um, as Universal Champion on SmackDown. I think Miz needs his own show to shine. I think um, when he was on SmackDown, he kind of helped sort of like make it entertaining, in my opinion. And I think on Raw, there's too much going on. There's too many hours that he kind of gets lost in, lost in the scuffle. Bobby Lashley, I agree with you a little bit in the sense of I see him as a mid-carter. But at Hell in a Cell, I was watching, or not Hell in a Cell, I'm sorry, Elimination Chamber, I was watching his match against Riddle and John Morrison, and I said to myself, he could be a main eventer. I'm not saying I wanted him to be, 
but I know Vince, I know how he is, and I knew to myself he's going to see this and just run with it. I do think that we can give him a chance just to see, because I remember when I saw Braun Strowman, I used to make fun of him and, like, call him names, and when he would run around the ring, and he wear that weird here, and, oh, I used to annihilate him. But now, I look at him differently, so we never know. But um, I do agree. The match wasn't that great, and they should have done a bit more storytelling. We then see Drew McIntyre backstage. He says that Bob... Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I mean, the fact that, like, yes, the man won the contract. When you said Otis, he did have that contract, and that's supposed to make a star. If you're trying to make a star, have Otis actually try to cash in and maybe win the thing. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe he doesn't look like it, but, I mean, maybe you could actually build something mm-hmm. off that because technically you have done it in the past. Mm-hmm. Now, the Miz, he, he is somebody that could be in the world title picture. He has been in before. Mm-hmm. But in the past years... He's been looking kind of weak, I guess you could say. I mean, he, he's been in a mid-card in the past few years, which makes me sad because Miz deserves a lot better. Like, when he had the Intercontinental title, he made that thing look damn good. Mm-hmm. He made that thing look prestigious again. Now, when he was just doing nothing, when he had that feel with Shane McMahon, that wasn't really good. Exactly, yep. So, I mean, he kind of... He had two people didn't really look like maybe maybe Miz could have done it. Maybe he could have held it a bit longer, which I think they should have if they wanted to make a make the world title look right. But I mean, it's just it's just a matter of storytelling, I guess is what I'm trying to say here. No, I hear you. I agree. I I feel like my my question is, what's the point of having Otis win if like they're just going to use it just for like a placeholder? Um, I feel like they should have did something with Otis as well. But I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how things play out. Um, we see Drew McIntyre backstage. He says that Bobby Lashley has no balls for challenging The Miz instead of him. Sheamus and attacks Drew McIntyre backstage. And then Drew McIntyre gets up and throws a trash bin. We find out that Drew challenges Sheamus to a nose qualification match for later on in the night. I'm just going to blow through this because there's really not much there. It's just them fighting backstage. Um, we then see Braun Strowman come into the ring. Braun thinks that Shane McMahon is laughing at him. But if Braun wanted to, he could snap Shane's neck like a twig. He wants respect and he demands Shane McMahon come down and apologize to him. Shane comes down to the ring and stands face-to-face with, with Braun. He apologizes and leaves the ring. Shane looks like he's going to say something, but he doesn't. So what do you think is going on? What do you like about the storyline dislike Braun versus Shane? I mean, they kind of played this out again. Like, Shane's gone against big guys before. Like, he's gone against Kane, The Undertaker. He's kind of played that out a bit, but... I mean, at least this time they're actually portraying him as being healed, which yeah. makes more sense. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know where this is exactly going to go. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that it's great, but I'm also not going to say it's bad at the moment. Like, I don't personally want to see it, but maybe it has potential. Because things have been bad that I didn't want to see originally, but have been yeah. good in the end. So maybe it might be good, maybe it might not. I don't know. I can't say for sure anything yet. My question is, like, where is it coming from? Like, why does she not like Braun? I know Braun Strowman was upset about not being in the Chamber, but, like, 
that doesn't necessarily mean that Shane needs to, like, make fun of Braun and think, like, I feel like there's no reason for him to do it, and I guess, like, that's more of a reason for Braun to kick his ass, but I wish that there was more thought into it, like, maybe Shane could have gotten involved and screw Braun, I mean, all we saw was Shane screw him on Raw, and it's just, like, weak storytelling, this is reminding me of The Miz versus Shane McMahon, like, why did Shane even turn on The Miz, you know, like, we still, I still don't really know, there's, there's a, so it's like they, they keep doing this with Shane where he's just like a nutball that just attacks people at random and it's just like, okay. Um, it's just like, oh, okay, we're going to put you involved with him and we're just going to have you do something. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they're going to have a good match. I think they're going to have a good match, but like, like, like you said, I think they'll have a great match, but why are they fighting? So... Exactly, a like, reason for it. Think about it, like, like, wait, like we said earlier, it's sports entertainment. If it's sports entertainment, then we actually want to know why they're fighting. I mean, a big part of wrestling is storytelling. Yeah. If you're not giving us that part, then it's really just a lackluster show. No, you're right. I totally agree. So then we move on to our no disqualification match. Sheamus taking on Drew McIntyre. This was a huge brawl. There was a double count out after both men. Um, they charged at each other with steel steps, and they were both knocked out. This was a hell of a fight. Sheamus and Braun Strowman, I mean, oh my goodness. Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, their backs were just annihilated with scars and bruising from the leather straps that were being used and all the attacks that were shown. What did you think of this? I have a feeling we'll see Last Man Standing at WrestleMania. Um, I mean, it's, like, it's a no, what was it, a no contest? Um, it, yes, it was a no contest. It was a draw, no contest, because they both got counted out. I mean, I like that they're trying to make it as, like, they're beating the crap out of each other. You're, you've been doing this for weeks. You've been doing it for months. You've always had matches like this and no contest. Like, what is the point of that? Mm -hmm. It used to just be like, uh, it wasn't a rare thing, but it also wasn't like a thing like, okay, this is going to happen every day. Now, that's kind of what it's become. Yeah. No, yeah. The no contest thing is like, oh, okay, we have a match, but we have to put in no contest. It's, no. Yeah, there's not it's enough creativity as to like, you know, who's going to win. Like, somebody can look bad. You know, I feel like WWE doesn't want anybody to look bad. But, I, but uh, they do a horrible job at that. Mm -hmm. I will say that. They do a horrible job if they're trying to make them not look bad. Oh, well, yeah, 100%. It's terrible. But, so, I mean, they're kind of failing at their goal in the first place. Well, WWE is, is sure is an oxymoron. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, we then see Randy Orton backstage with Omos and AJ Styles, and the two of them, Styles and Orton, are going to fight tonight. We see Xavier Woods with Kofi Kingston taking on one half of the Raw Tag Team Champion, Shelton Benjamin, with Cedric Alexander. Woods got the win after a roll-up. Really not much here. Anything you want to say about this match? Uh, I don't really have anything to say about it. I mean, it's just another match. Yeah, really not much going on before or after. We now have the U.S. champion Riddle 
taking on Slapjack with Retribution. Of course, Riddle got the win after Broderick and after the match. Mustafa, where however the hell you say his name, Ali, screamed at Retribution. Again, not much here. Anything you want to say? I like Riddle, but again, really not much. We then see Shane McMahon backstage, and he tells Adam Pearce that he wants to talk to Braun Strowman in the ring. So then when we come back from the break, Shane calls Braun Strowman out. Braun gets in the ring, and Shane leaves. Shane says that he had fun last week. Shane has fun at others' expense, but Braun does not think that way. Shane says he has only one thing to say. He wanted to what was it? He wanted to get something off his chest. He says that he would never make Braun look stupid. Stupid is what stupid does. He says this guy is so stupid. That's not what Shane is saying. So basically Shane's calling him stupid and saying that he's not calling him stupid. He's saying, Oh, this guy's so stupid, but I'm not the one saying that. Um So then he says that <laughs> Braun Strowman is like a dinosaur, a big man with small brain. And then Braun chases Shane McMahon backstage. And then it looks as if Shane drove away in a car. However, Shane shows up after Braun runs off and waves at Braun as he chases off for the car, calling Braun stupid. So I guess the whole storyline is that Shane thinks Braun is stupid. I mean, that's kind of a lackluster reason, but okay. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> I felt terrible because I wish I had more to add to that, but there, you know, it was just Shane McMahon calling him. No, he just called him stupid, and then that was the end of it. We then have the Women's Tag Team Championships on the line. The champions, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, of course, accompanied to the ring with Reginald. Taking on Naomi and Lana. Naya introduces everyone to Reginald. She brought him out here and she asked if he isn't he cute. Um, we see Reginald interfere a little bit and Naya pins Lana after a huge slam. Thoughts on this match? No, and I feel bad because I love Naomi, and I don't really like Lana, but I think she's improving a bit, um, and I don't understand why. I feel like storylines are intertwined. Why do you need to have Reginald here? I but, mean, well, initially Reginald was with Carmella, and then he went with Sasha, and now he's with Nia. Like, it makes no sense. So what is exactly is he supposed to be with at this point? That's what I'm confused on. Like, is he just like... Uh, well, Carmella fired him. Basically, what happened was he was kind of getting the hots for Sasha. Carmella got upset. She fired him. And then Sasha slapped him on SmackDown. And now he's with Nia. Yeah, it, there's just... It's, it's a lot. There's a lot there. Honestly, not, not, at this point, there's no words. Reginald gets around quicker than a bird. Um, okay. So then we see Mandy Rose I mean, and go ahead. Of, what was it, since like November? Um, yeah, because he debuted um, as Carmela Somalia and she and and he tried helping her beat Sasha, but she lost every time. And then he finally started flirting with Sasha. 
which I thought was going to lead to Sasha turning bad. Maybe Reginald is going to I don't know, but that didn't happen. So then we see Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke backstage. They talk about how they want a title match. Charlotte Flair walks up to them, and Charlotte tells Dana and Mandy that they have five weeks to prove that they deserve to challenge for the Women's Championship. So we might see new challengers. We then are ready for our main event, Randy Orton taking on AJ Styles with Omis. Not a lot going on here. We see Alexa Bliss appear on the Titantron. She's playing with a jack-in-the-box, and as it's about to open, she says, not yet. Um, she blows on a match, which then sends fire in the ring, and then some weird black liquid starts to come from Randy Orton's mouth. Styles hits a phenomenal forearm and gets the win, and then after the match, Alexa Bliss laughs at Randy Orton from the Titantron. Thoughts on the match, Alexa Bliss, and all of this stuff going on. Theory about the jack-in-the-box, all of that. I had a lot of thoughts on that, to be honest. <laughs> Dan is like, I don't care. You're not really feeling this? Nah, not really. I'm really into this right now because it's something different. I know it's a little silly. I get it. But... I rather have silly than you know Braun. My problem. What's that? I said I don't think I understand it. That's why I'm not really into it. I think the whole thing, um, and this is my interpretation. And once again, I'm not the writer, so I'm probably completely wrong. But my interpretation of this is that when Braun Strowman had the weird, um sort of like flashback or whatever in his match, the swamp fight. He sees Alexa Bliss dressed in white and whatever. And then we see Braun pick her up and throw her on the ground. And then a little bit after that, Nikki Cross yells at her and Bliss sort of drifts off. And then the Fiend shows up, continues to get in her head. And then eventually she works with the Fiend and my opinion is that she is this sort of like schizophrenic character where she's still Alexa, but she's also the Fiend's Alexa. And um, it, it's it's hard to explain, and it is very strange. And we still, I mean, there's... The whole thing with Alexa and everything, but like, I don't get why they're doing it. Oh, I see no. what you're saying. You don't understand, like, why... I don't know. I think maybe this is a way to kind of... Because I will say, all the, I, I get what you're saying, but I will say, and this is probably just because it's the only long-term storytelling, this match is one of the, like, I'm looking forward to it. Which is weird, because I normally don't care for Randy Orton matches. I don't know. I think, I think there's just something different about it. I think seeing this is different than just a heel versus good guy. This is a weird schizophrenic nutball. Um, yeah, who, I get what you're saying on that. Like, I'm excited for to watch Dean vs. Orton again, even though we've watched it a few times. Even though we've watched it a lot. Yeah. I'm excited for it because, like, you know, they had a whole thing in 2017 where uh, Randy Orton was in the Wyatt family, and then he turned on him, burning down the whole Sister Abigail thing, and then, you know, Bray taking over Alexa and trying to cause them all that stuff. I get that, and that's what makes it good to me. I'm excited to see it, but, like, I just don't understand like I, I don't really understand it, you know. Yeah, and and I and I do I I wish they kind of did explain a little bit more. Um, but we'll see. I mean, we still now we have four weeks away until WrestleMania, so 
We still have some time, but we'll see what happens. So thank you guys for tuning in to Monday Night Raw. It was a it was a different show for sure. A lot going on, and we are getting ready for Fastlane, which is coming up this Sunday. Well, actually next Sunday. You can check it out on Peacock or the WB Network. And we will see you for our NXT recap and our Friday Night SmackDown recap. For our SmackDown recap, we will be revealing some information regarding our new podcast called My Favorite Manias. We'll be discussing that. We'll also be talking about WrestleMania week and all that fun stuff. So make sure you stay tuned in for that. Also, make sure you check out our YouTube, subscribe, World of WWE and WWE Podcast. We now have 213 subscribers, so thank you guys for that. Also, continue. Thank you guys so much. Yes, 213. Thank you guys. We appreciate it. We were going to do a special episode for 200, and then like a minute later, it got to 201. So I was like, I don't know what's happening, but I really appreciate you guys. Also, check us out on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. And be safe. And Dan, any last words? Have a great week, guys. All right. Have a good week. Stay safe. And we will see you soon. Bye.